Okay, shall we pray? Not for your sake, but for my sake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, that uh, your heart is toward us, Lord God, like we just don't understand and don't know, Lord God. But we pray tonight, Lord God, that you'd open up our hearts to hear and understand and receive of your heart. Lord God, we don't just want to hear your voice. We want to hear the heartbeat of that voice, Lord God, the, the thoughts, the emotions, the love. All that you're thinking, Lord God, you want to express by speaking through your body, Lord God. And so, Father, we open ourselves up and pray, Holy Spirit, please, we understand that where two or three are gathered, but Lord, we want to invite you to come, Lord God, and, and do what you want to do. Build your church. Lord, build your kingdom. Lord, change us, transform us, teach us. Lord, do everything you want to do, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So what we want to do to, to there, what we want to do tonight, in part at least, and certainly next week, is uh, try and answer Matt's uh, question last week, which was, how do I know God's voice? How can I uh, discern, if you will, if it's uh, God's voice or my imagination? That's the $64,000 question, really. So thanks for that, Matt. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, And and, and in some senses, you know, I wish I had Tinkerbell in my pocket and I could just get some pixie dust and shake it over us all and we all just, whoa, I can hear God's voice. Uh, In my experience, it just does not work like that. Uh, There are no shortcuts. There are no... Uh, easy formulas, there's no click your fingers, there's no put the penny in the slot, pull the handle, and some people are going RA, which is great, because that's, that's my heart as well. I wish I sometimes would just get a heavenly wire and, like some alien film, plug it into the back of my neck and it would be absolutely perfect. The will of God, under the authority of God, in the name of Jesus, clear as crystal, perfect. It ain't like that. If you think that's the group you're coming to tonight, there's a room down the hall. That's where that's happening. And you will be the only one there, basically. Uh, So I think all the weeks we'll be answering Matt's question to some degree. Even if we're laying some foundations about, like the first week we looked at, motivation. You know, why why does God speak to us and, and why do we then want to articulate those words whether it's by our words in a sense of thus says the Lord or I feel God saying to actions with ringing somebody or praying for somebody or doing their garden or whatever because this is being a prophetic people it's not it's not it's not it's not thrice not about just prophesying or giving a word on a Sunday that's not what I believe is God's heart. It's certainly not my heart. This series is called Becoming a Prophetic People. And so 24 hours a day lifestyle being the hands and feet of God. You know, that, that makes me sort of feel very responsible and very excited <clears throat> and privileged at the idea that, uh, I, you know, I'm a terrible teacher. I just go into preachy mode all of the time. I, forgive me. 
concentrate. But just the ideas, sometimes they make me swoon. The idea that God wants to engage with me and share his heart. I'm a happy bunny. I'm happy already. I'm happy. It doesn't take long to get me happy when you just say things like that. And the truth of that hits your heart. And you understand that we have an alive God, a living God, an active, proactive, demonstrative Father who has, has already demonstrated his fullness to us in Christ and him crucified. And now he just wants us, his body, to somehow translate and facilitate that rule and reign to a fallen, broken world. And, and maybe to an even broken church. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So we looked at motives, we looked at the purpose of being prophetic is to upbuild and, and uh, encourage people. We spoke last week largely about Holy Spirit and uh, being hungry. And we did an exercise, didn't we, which was interesting at least, wasn't it? Some of us thought we were quiet for two hours <laughs> and it was 15 minutes, 15 long minutes. But you know what? We saw the fruit, didn't we? We saw the fruits that just quieten, quietening our soul together it was a great exercise, wasn't it? And, and again, if we're not Berean Christians and we don't go home from these sessions and practice and do these things and search the scriptures if these things be so, we're just going to come to five sessions and it will wane, probably. So, and I, and I just love that exercise that Tino did last week where just getting that quietness. I, th I believe we can, we can... It's hard practicing it in a group when you're told to do it or encouraged to do it. It's hard when you're driving the car. It's hard when you're working machinery. It's hard when you're doing dishes or you're... But I think there's a place in life where we can do that all of the time. And, and that's a secret or a skill or an art that we need to practice. <coughs> How do we know, Matt? How do we know that it's God's voice? Let me say this as a non-negotiable. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice. Amen. Yes. I'm not telling you that. It's as scriptural as it gets. You can check it up. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. Do you know, I really want to... If I had a hammer and chisel and your heart was cobalt, I'd chisel that into your heart. That's a fact. I'm sensing some resistance in the room. That's an absolute, non-negotiable, irresistible, non-changeable fact. My sheep, Jesus said, hear my voice. Could, can you live with that? And sometimes we, I've heard people confess, well, he doesn't speak to me. I just read the scriptures and get on with it, you know, and, uh, and I go to church and I give me tithe and da, da 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 But in that verse, which is a thrill, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. <laughs> I was reading this today and it just made me swoon. Uh, Matt asked that question and we all asked that question. Matt will hear God like he hears God with his personality with his history, with his foibles, we've only got one or two, but with his idi idiosyncrasies, all that Matt is, 
Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Are you getting that? I think that's beautiful that God, Jesus is saying, I know you. <coughs> I know what it will take to speak to you. My, Jesus speaks to me <coughs> just like I love it. He doesn't come with, dear Jim, holy child of God, body of Christ, I speaketh to thee in my words. He comes to me almost like me. Does, does that make sense? And that's a great comfort, isn't it? That we can chill out, man. We can relax and let it hang loose because he'll speak to Dave Elms and Tino and Rob and Alan. He will speak to you like he knows you. I think we can relax in that. I think that's a great armchair where we can just... Oh, it takes a bit of the strain away. He knows me. He knows my foibles. He knows all of my anxieties, my concerns, my fears... That's a great place to be because he still says, My sheep hear my voice. And it, of course, it's um, when we're born again, um, God puts a deposit on the inside of us, of his spirit. Okay, it, the indwelling Christ lives within us. That is a gift of God. And you know what? It's more natural for us to be hearing from God because we have a born again spirit than it is unnatural for us to be hearing from God and it's not nothing to do with performance it's to do with the deposit of the indwelling Christ that resides on the inside of us amen, amen. Hallelujah. thanks Tino hallelujah 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 okay and it says in that same verse in John that they follow me you know the devil is an out-and-out liar, Mm -hmm. you need to realise. You're here. Can I just uh, a little modification on that? Um, The devil in the scriptures, I think he's quoted twice, and he quotes the scriptures subtly, as opposed to out-and-out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he doesn't come with a little mask and a swag and a striped swag bag, does he? And uh, with, a, with, a co- with a kosh, he is subtle. But some of these truths, we need to embed them into our, our spirits and our souls. Because sometimes if you check your confession, you agree with him. That's the subtlety of it. I, but we'll get to that in a minute. All of the details here of knowing whether it's God's voice or your imagination. It's, and everything is worked out through relationship and experience. I'm a one-trick pony. I can only talk about Jesus. I'm happy. And it's only about relationship. It will always be about relationship. And, you know, we could preach for days here, couldn't we, about what that means, what that looks like. It's not a formula. It's not a penny in the slot again. It has got to be through relationship and experience in that relationship with him who is speaking to us. And again, I prayed before, which is really... In the past, I wanted to know God's voice to show off. I've just wanted to be spiritual, professional. 
score some goals. Uh, what an idiot. <laughs> I'm convinced, and again, how do I know it's God's voice? I'm convinced if we can get into that place of relationship with him, not just to hear his voice, but to hear his heart, it gives us a great foundation. It really does. Just hearing his voice clinically. You know, I don't just want to hear my wife's voice. I want to listen to her heart. Any kind of intimate relationship is about the heart, isn't it? It's about uh, a love thing. It's about intent. It's not just cold words, is it? And I know you know this, but I need to say it. Paul said, let me read this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. St. Paul, Paul who went to the third heaven, Paul who wrote, is it two-thirds of the New Testament? If we could be like Paul, would we die happy? We'd probably say yes, because he's a hero of the faith, isn't he? He's a, he was a short guy, apparently, but a big guy in the faith. Well, Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified says this. It says, My determined purpose is that I may know him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognising and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And then it talks about the power I've flown from his resurrection. Do you listen to the language there? That I may, my determined purposes. And again, I've not, I say this strongly and I'm, Maybe too strongly sometimes, but without our effort, it won't happen. Now, that's not to say we're into works, but any kind of relationship is going to take mutual effort, isn't it? And Paul here, in strong language, says, My determined purpose is that I may know him. And being a prophetic people... Will, will be and is about knowing him. Do you know why? I, when I got saved, has anybody else ever smelt a phony? Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. You can smell a phony a hundred yeah. yards, and you know what the world can do? It does it better than the church. The world can smell a phony a hundred yards, insincere hypocritical, because we're all called hypocrites in the church, aren't we? And sometimes people in the world are wrong, and sometimes they might be a bit right. But this determined purpose to know him, and when we know him, I believe will validify, validate, will validate us being prophetic. Does that make sense? Because if we are just Bible bashers and we just want to show off like I used to, then people are going to smell the phoniness of that, even if the word is right sometimes. And so what we want to do is speak the heart of God. And for us to speak the heart of God, I believe God wants us to have the heart of God. Is this too simple? (laughs) And there it says in the Amplified, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted What's my ministry? Who cares? There's a ministry and a half just there, isn't it? That I may progressively become more deeply acquainted with the wonders of his person. I've said this 
lots lately. I, I just see everything at the moment, everything that God's doing, even in the hard times, the tough times and the, the difficulties, the stresses and strains and anxieties and frustrations. I'm, I take everything for the last whatever months or year as an invitation of God. And it's a thrill. And tonight there's an invitation here for us to become intimately acquainted with God's heart. Do you know if I, I wish I could do somersaults. I, I do, because that just I just want to whiz over and express the, the thrill of that. Becoming a prophetic people. Let me read something to you. What God wants to do is to deconstruct some of our anxieties and some of our fears as well. And I believe that what we're laying is a solid foundation for us to be prophetic. And knowing him and his heart is a solid foundation. How do I know it's God's voice? Well, is it, is it demonstrating the love? Is it demonstrating his heart? Yeah. Guess what? Probably God. Is that too simple? Is that too easy? Do we want... We're like that fellow who had leprosy. Go and bathe in the Jordan seven times. Give me something tough to do. Give me an army to beat. But it's, it's as simple as that. 1 Corinthians 13.9 says this. Well, you know what it says. It says we prophesy in part. In the Amplified it says, For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. And our prophecy is fragmentary, incomplete and perfect. I'm not giving you license to do nothing or get it wrong. I'm giving you liberty to have a go. Does that make sense? Because everything that we do is in part. And then, when the, we talked about the Holy Spirit last week, when that Holy, him, Holy Spirit sheds abroad in our hearts the love of God, that love of God covers a multitude of sin, a multitude of missing the mark, and we'll get to some of that in a minute. Does that, is that, I find this liberating. Yeah. I, I find it hot as well. Yeah. yeah. It's been amazing. Somebody does something else. That really is off the wall. <clears throat> How's that dealt with? Is that something that you let go? No. Um, That's a good question, Anne. We'll be talking next week about risk and safety. And we need safety. And uh, we're, we're covering some of these safety nets, <coughs> subtly almost, like motives. What's your motive? You know, uh, it, does it demonstrate love of God, etc., etc., what I've just talked about. We'll be talking next week about oversight and covering and judging the word and education. We need to have an atmosphere where you're, we are all free to say, I feel God's saying. And we're all responsible to each other for counsel and guidance. So, you know, we've done it in the past in Kingsway, haven't we? And it's gone horribly wrong, may I say. <laughs> it's gone horribly wrong. But we've got to be in love with each other as well, which is the heart of God. So we have freedom where we can speak. The safety nets of keep it short and sweet. The safety nets of don't be saying, thus says God. I feel God is saying is a better phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Do you understand? So these are, these are simple things that we need to practice and, and again, it's 
for me, my opinion is, it has to be fibrous in the fellowship. This We've got 20-odd people here tonight, which is brilliant. I'm rejoicing. But we need to spread this in the fellowship as a whole, in small groups where we can practice, in the meetings, and when we're with each other. If And again, I'm talking about this next week, but, you know, I, put, I chose this shirt myself. I didn't ask, oh, Father God, I've got 17 shirts. Watch which one shall I wear tonight? And some people do that. Yes, Peace and love. <laughs> now, uh, if I'm going to be doing something slightly up the scale, you know, there's, a, there's a, a boy or a girl, a man or a wife, there's a house, there's a car, there's a whatever. Well, I'm, I'm Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm inviting God into all my life sort of thing. So why am I saying that? I don't know. If you're unsure, ring somebody. If you're unsure, share it with somebody. If you're unsure on a meeting day, share it with somebody at the front. If you're unsure, just again, just my, my advice is dead simple. Make it short and sweet. And say, I feel like God is saying. And you know what? You can't lose. You can't lose if you keep it short and sweet. And you're, not, and you're going with some of these things that the love of God... You can't lose because you'll sit down even if you're wrong and you won't be 100% wrong. You just won't be 100% right either. You can sit down and feel, I'll never do that again. I feel ashamed. And somebody, because I've felt that. Has anybody ever felt that? I felt like I'll never prophesy again. And I'm flushed up. I've gone dead embarrassed. I'm sweating, coughing up, wishing that the floor would swallow me up. Sit there. Someone comes over. We talk about it. Ah. That part was, and that part wasn't. You can't lose if we're, again, it's being a prophetic people. And that 1 Corinthians says, we prophesy in part. If you, some of you I don't know. If Nikki rang me, I'd go, I love, instant. If one of you who don't know me very well rang me and said, hiya, Jim, I'd go, I'd bluff it. Because you do, don't you? Ah, yeah. And you're just waiting for a hint, aren't you? The name, yeah. It's similar with God, isn't it? It's got to be through relationship and experience. And that's going to be through having their exos- having their senses, Hebrews 4.15 or 5.14, one of them, check it out. Having their exercise, uh, senses exercised to know good and evil. It's exercise. That's why we're here to, tonight and these weeks, is to exercise, is to practice, it's to experiment and if you're going to experiment, don't get a big block of dynamite and start poking it. God, give me something. Well, somebody rang me today and they said, uh, you've been on my heart for days. And then I was able to go, well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> Thank God for that. But, but say, you, say you rang me up and she said, you know, you've been on my heart. I said, oh, I'm feeling fine, but thanks, you can pray. You can't lose, can you? And I think we might have lost some of the we might even despise the day of small beginnings and we've lost the art and skill and motivation just and do you know what that phone call meant the world to me and mine honestly Jim can yes. I just say that with that yeah. you might think oh yeah that, that's you know it might not seem like it was necessary but we never know the battles that are going on in the heavenlies and the stuff that we've been protected from and we may never know absolutely but Chris somebody had this on their heart and prayed yeah Oh, amen. Oh, amen, Chris. Yeah, we, that's right. Yeah. It's not all about being uh, 
vocal to be seen or noticed. Just it is a prophetic people. It's not about prophesying. It's being prophetic and getting people on your. I know the Holy Spirit is so more active than we are in us and upon us. And I'm sorry, forgive me again, it's just the way I am. I can't help it. But we go round with our hobnail boots and we just bludgeon through life. And the Holy Spirit's just saying, Tino, just what you want to I think we miss so many opportunities, I really do. Anywho. Uh, right, let me... Have a look at Jeremiah chapter 1, if you've got a Bible, or just listen. We need to strive for excellence, but we're not after perfectionism. I think perfectionism is wrong, personally. Uh, When God said to Abraham, walk thou before me and be thou perfect, as I am holy, that was something different. I strive to be excellent. I want to hit the... I argued the toss with God with that scripture. In my mum's house, I'm still lying there. I'm saying, what? Be thou perfect? What? Say what? And God said, listen, this is what I, he didn't just say these words. I had an impression of him saying, if you get up every day and you aim for 10 out of 10 and you only hit three, I'm a, he said, I'm a happy, I'm happy God. Because it's the attitude, it's the, it's, it's the excellence that we're firing for. But we'll sometimes hit two and God says, come on. Same again tomorrow. And some days I hit seven and, it's and a half. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, He's after our hearts in this. Jeremiah. What a prophet. What a guy. What a guy. We, we sometimes put people on pedestals, don't we? You know, we've got Dennis DeGrasse and there's a guy I watch, Sean Bowles, who's a... Who knock his socks off. Look at him. He went to see this... Uh, banker and he was talking to this banker billionaire and he was in like having a cup of coffee and he just looks at this billionaire and he says uh, what do these ten numbers mean and this fellow went the colour of boiled tripe he said only two people have my bank details now three have them how did you get that number and he began to speak about Jesus (laughs) and uh, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that league, but I'm still prophetic, and I don't want to be in his league. I just want to be in my league. Do you understand? So, I don't, why did I tell you that story? I don't know. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, that's right. <laughs> Jeremiah, thank you. It's my age. Um, we put people on pedestals, but listen, Jeremiah's got some things to say here. Verse four. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart. I consecrated you and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Listen to what Jeremiah says in verse 6. Then said I, ah, (laughs) A-H, or alas, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am only a youth. Hello. Has any, have you, hey, can anybody... Behold, I cannot speak. What's it got to do with us except obedience? Seriously. What's it got to do with us? How, how double dare we say to God, you've got it wrong? Because that's what we say, don't we? Moses did that too. Yeah. 
We might not use those words, you've got it wrong. But Jeremiah, here's, here's God, almighty God. Before the throne, El Shaddai, the, the God who universe, says Jeremiah. I have chosen you for, a, I can't. I cannot speak, for I am only. Have you ever said that? <laughs> I'm only new to this church. Or I've only met this person once. Or there's such a lot of excuses in our hearts, people of God. There's such a lot of excuses that will stop us becoming prophetic. I can only allow the Holy Spirit to convict you of your excuses. I've got my excuses. I've got you know, a catalogue of them sometimes. But I'm getting better. Because I'm aiming better. And God says... Uh, but the Lord said to me, say not, I am only. Say not. Now I'm wagging my finger now. Say not. We have to be careful of our language and our confession, people of God. If we are to become a prophetic people, this, these lips, this tongue, this heart needs to be consecrated. Does that make sense? We have to... Isaiah in Isaiah 6 said, Woe is me, I am a man undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. Thus says the Lord, I feel God saying, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) We need to consecrate our mouths. If we're going to be a prophetic people, we need to consecrate our hearts and our mouths. When we ring up, we usually say, It's only me. That's putting ourselves down, isn't it? It's only me, I'm of no consequence. Yeah. What about being honest, Jim? In what sense? Yeah. You know that, you know when you say what's what you're saying? Yeah. Sometimes I just pour out my heart in what I can't do. Yeah. But at the end of it, saying, know that, Lord, you can do anything. There you go. There you go. David was like this, Sam, wasn't he? He poured out his heart. Uh, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Yeah. But at the end of that psalm, it says, trust thou in God. Yeah. So I'm not being a, a policeman here. I'm watching your words. and I'm, God's not going to be picking us up. But I just know that we've got to change. I just know that if we keep doing the same thing, expecting different results, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. And I believe part of the change is to watch what we say. There's been a couple of times in my life where I've gossiped. And not long after, I've had a rasping sore throat. A gift from God. A gift from God, I'm telling you. We talked about, when I first came here, about keeping a short account with God. It's a gift. Short accounts with God is a gift. Holy Spirit, please keep us on short accounts. Because sometimes our mouths quench the Spirit and will negate us being prophetic. Because he wants pure water out of pure fountains. And again, this is a topic we could go ballistic on. I'm waffling yeah. slightly here. Jim, can I just say, you yes, said please. that excuses from what Anne said as well, which makes sense. Sometimes it's not excuses. Sometimes we have genuine, there are genuine reasons why things shouldn't happen. And for God to do something, it needs to be miraculous. So I think sometimes, it's, you know, like when Mary had a baby, you know, and she was ready to say, <coughs> okay, whatever you will, but where's Sarah? You know, she's kind of old. 
Yeah. And that that isn't you know it was a reason. It wasn't an excuse. Yeah. It was a reason. And, yeah. and I think I think sometimes we're hard on ourselves. You know, or we sh we we need to not say, oh yeah, I've got no excuses. I've got to go and do that. Mm. When actually God says, yeah, I know. I know that there's issues. I know that there's this is not natural, but watch me. I'll do this. Yeah. Amen, Chris. Yeah, and that's finishing on a positive, isn't it, rather than... Yeah, yeah. I don't mind us being honest. I, I'm honest with God, and I'm, I say some days all kinds of different... Hang on, Michelle. All kinds of different things. But in that honesty, I don't... I'm sorry the way I am. This is the way I am. Sometimes I whine and whinge. It's not just an honest conversation with God. It's a, it's a whinging and a whine and honesty. Does that make sense? I think it's different than what you're saying. And yes, Michelle. both been talking at, at the, both different points kind of opposite of each other I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle of and I need I'm, I'm asking for the help here when Paul he's 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 actually come his confession is to us is that he's he's weak but it's in his weakness that God's strength is made more perfect so we will boast in that mm. and and it's like where do you draw the line between being being real about your limitations so that God's supernatural power can can take over. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. I think there's so many so many facets to the same thing really about you know, we talk about being the, the disciple said, pray for boldness for us. Yeah. You know, well how does that look when you when you're weak and God's strength? So there's this is what we've got to work out in our own lives. But I think it's definitely be honest. I mean there's no use lying to God because you're only lying to yourself. So yeah, be and I think God can handle it as well. God can handle whatever we throw at him. Well, yeah, He does. And so, certainly, I mean, I have whinged before God. I know, I, you know, I've said to Him, "You are having a laugh." <laughs> and, you know, and but but in that, I recognise that I, when when all said and done, I'm still going to submit to God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to try and do it His way. Even if I'm, you know, and we see we see in that uh, parable that Jesus spoke about, wasn't it? There was the man that that said no, and then went and did it That's anyway. Right. That's right. And the man that said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it," and then Didn't do never it. actually Didn't do it. did it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bit like the first one sometimes. I say no, and then oh, right, fair enough. No, and then really? I'll get up and do it. Um, but I think that the the heart towards obedience in that is probably more important than, than anything else. But being real is fantastic. Oh me? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, amen, amen. Okay, something that helps me. I'm going to go on from Jeremiah. He says, be not afraid, and, and, he, and, he, and he educates him in some senses. How many people have never had a picture from God? Okay, two. Um, I don't know why I wanted to do this, but just, just everybody close their eyes. Now, I'm going to tell you, right? Do not see a white horse. <laughs> no, I mean it. Do not see a white horse. Okay, that's the exercise over. That's as simple as it is, you know. That's as simple as it is. That's what it looks like. I'm going to get to something here, though. Um, where am I? John 6, 63 says this. It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatsoever. There is no profit in it. The words that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. 
Have you ever heard somebody speak the scriptures and it's been flat as a fluke? Mm. Yeah. 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 Daddy, we might say. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard somebody say it? <laughs> I'm very nervous and I'm just going to give what God said. And it's life. Yeah. Yeah. That's your lifeometer. Mm-hmm. I believe we've all got a lifeometer. How do we know it's the word of God, Matt? I've practiced, I know sometimes I get something, the weirdest things, but there's something on the inside that says this has life to it. When we're practicing our ukulele, we say, don't we, has that got legs? Will it travel? Similarly, <laughs> not similarly, but, but when God is speaking, practice the lifeometer. And you know, you know when's life. You've all said then, you've experienced when something is flat. And we've all experienced when somebody has said something, you, you just feel. You might not be able to articulate how it's done you good. Make you angry sometimes. If it's life, it's life. I just, I just know for some of us, that's a good thing to practice. And, and, and wherever we are, whenever God is asking us to give out, has it got life? And there's lots of other safety things that we're going to go through. I didn't want to go on this long. Um, now, Revelation chapter 4, it says, John is asked, is invited to come up higher. Come up higher and I will show you things that will take place in the future. And he saw a throne and one seated on it. I think that's great. I just, do you know what? I feel God saying, <laughs> thus says the Lord, that This, what we're doing over these five weeks, is just that. Do you get that? I believe what we're doing in this being a prophetic people is God saying to each individual, come up higher. That went down really well. But let's try this side. Uh, With all of my heart, that's what I believe. I'm trying to make you believe me now by expressing it like that. With all of my heart and all of my being. But I, honestly, I genuinely believe that's the word of the Lord for us. Individually and corporately. Come up higher and I'll show you some things. What an invitation, people. What a glorious invitation. He says, I will show you new things. And what he saw, which is a thrill and a half. He saw a throne and he saw one seated on it. (laughs) If it's not all about Jesus, stop and think. If Jesus isn't central to you hearing God's voice, stop and think. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. He is the centre of everything. He is the reason for the season. It's his story. We look back to the cross Isaiah looked forward. It is all about Christ and him crucified. It is all about, if you want to know it's God's voice, there lies a big key. Does it speak of him? Has it got life? Is it about his rule and his reign and him being on the throne? I think that's liberating as well. These are fantastic truths, you know. Okay. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 8 says this. This is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, 
the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of hands which those of the elders did at your ordination. You know, Alan said last week we need to believe God's promises. There's a promise. There's a promise. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, mm-hmm. of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and yeah. discipline and self-control. Do you ever not feel like that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel as though the opposite of that? But there's a truth right there. Listen to this, verse 8. It says, Do not blush or be ashamed then to testify to and for our Lord. Mm. I could preach on that for an hour and a half. That is fabulous. We stare it up. We stare it up. We stare it up. We kindle a friend afresh. We fan the flame we realise that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And then it says, do not blush or be ashamed then to testify to and for our Lord, nor of us as prisoners. And take your share, hang on a minute, I'll have to, what does that say? Take your share of the suffering. (coughs) Missed that one. (laughs) Of the gospel that may expose you to do. In the power of God. Hang on a minute. Let me read that again. Do not blush or be ashamed then to testify to and for our Lord. Nor for me a prisoner for his sake. But with me take your share of the suffering. To which the preaching of the gospel may expose you. And do it in the power of God. Does anybody not want to come next week? (laughs) Do you get serious people? Listen. Anne Evans said, we've got to be honest before God. And here's God being honest towards Anne Evans. Mm. Amen. Serious people, serious. I don't think we've heard enough about suffering for God like we should. I don't. I think we've been either believed or sold a gospel that cheapens grace. It says there, share the suffering. Don't blush or be ashamed. If we're to become a prophetic people... I wish you'd go up to 10 people and they all went, Jesus, I give you my life. The likelihood is that might not happen. Are you willing? It's gone very quiet. (laughs) Here's an instruction from Paul to Timothy to share the sufferings. Don't blush or be ashamed. Anyway, I think we better move on from that. I I remember... When you talked about that, Jim, <clears throat> when I was a young Christian and I heard that, I thought, I can't do that. I just can't do that. And I remember going up to a guy and sharing it with him and he said, God will give you the grace when it happens and not before. Wow, wow. Yeah, and that's powerful. I, that was what sold me then. Yeah. That's powerful, Anne. Yeah. 